listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. Well, good morning, church family. Hey, it's, uh, I, I wish I could say it was good to see you, but I'm looking at a camera right now. Uh, instead of your beautiful faces, I just have to stare at Ricardo's face every Sunday now, which is, yeesh. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I love Ricardo. He's he's one of my best buds, and uh, he's he's very handsome. Let me just tell you that. Whoa, did I just say that out loud? That's weird. Okay, let's move on. Hey, so, you know, um, when I think of kingdoms... We're going to talk a little bit about kingdoms today. And when I think about kingdoms, uh, you know, I think about my own personal kingdom. I'm just going to confess that um, a lot of what you're going to hear today is based out of uh, a few different people um, that I've really found inspiring lately. Um, Dallas Willard is one of them. Uh, John Ortenberg is another. And I, I've had some conversations recently with my, my buddy, uh, Paul Carter, who actually is Jessica, our keyboard player's husband. And, uh, we've been, we've been talking theology and stuff like that. And, and it's been really enlightening. So a lot of your, what you're going to hear today, uh, comes out of those conversations and those books that I've been reading and stuff like that. And, and uh, Paul was kind enough to send me, um, after our first get, like coffee or whatever, he, he was kind enough to send me an audible book by Dallas Willard. And uh, it was just incredible. And I'm, I'm rereading it right now. But a lot of what you're going to hear, I just want to come clean and say a lot of what you're going to hear today has come out of those books and, and those conversations, but we're going to spend some time talking about kingdoms today. And I was thinking about my own personal kingdom, you know, like sometimes, sometimes dudes, like they'll say like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the king of the castle, right? I, I, you know, or, um, you know, we use kind of funny kingdom language about our homes, but I have to admit that I, um, I'm, I'm not the king of my castle. Like I have a, I have a wife um, who I love dearly and is wildly intelligent, and um, and uh, she's if you know Enneagrams, she's an Enneagram eight, which means she's she's very passionate about causes and justice and stuff, and and so I I, I have to say that I'm not necessarily the king of my castle, but here's here's where I am the king of my car. I don't know if you can relate, but I am the king of my car. I may not be the king of my house. I may not have final say on, you know, what goes on the walls in the house or, or any kind of stuff like that. But my family knows that if they enter my car, they enter my kingdom, right? Uh, Thy, uh, thy trash shall not be left in my kingdom, right? Thy, thy empty drink cups will not be left in my kingdom. Oh, your water bottle that you've been looking for for a month. No, no, not in my kingdom. You take it with you, right? Um, my kingdom smells good. I like my kingdom to smell good. I like my kingdom to have clean carpets and and uh, you know these are these are uh, are rules to my kingdom, 
right? I don't leave. Now, I think my, my wife's van probably has a full box of Cheerios spread out on the ground of her, her minivan. Um, and, and she, and my boys get away with that because that the, the minivan is, is, is Kim's, Kim's domain. But when I get to my car, my car is my kingdom. I, I, I get to set the rules. My will goes in my car. Right. And, uh, so, that's uh that's my kingdom and and we're going to talk a little bit about the kingdom of God today where God's will goes right where where the way things are is the way God wants them God's kingdom is is that and and um we're in this new series right now called the good news and if, and if you don't know um the gospel the word gospel translated from Greek means the good news. It means good news, literally. And, uh, and so we're, we're in this series right now and we're talking about sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. And, and, um, and so last week, <clears throat> Ricardo kicked off the new teaching series and uh, he spoke in depth about what he referred to as the beautiful exchange. And I love that phrase because it is so just incredible. I think there's a Hillsong uh, United song called The Beautiful Exchange that I love. And, and I just love that phrase because it encapsulates what Jesus did so well. Um, and the exchange, uh, meaning Christ took the barrier between us and God. Um, our, so the barrier being our sin. Our sin was the barrier. Christ took our sin to the cross and in exchange gave us the only pathway back to God. He gave us the only pathway back to God. Uh, that's this beautiful exchange. Ricardo spoke about how we can take, uh, you know, if you've been a believer for a while, you know, you can begin to take this beautiful exchange for granted if we're not careful. And uh, we can forget that even though the grace of Jesus was free to us, it came in at, an, at an unimaginable cost, right? And uh, so Ricardo just brought it last week. So if you missed that message, I highly recommend you go back to the podcast Um we know that during that message, he was, he was drawing on an iPad and, and uh, writing some things out, and, uh, and it was difficult to see on the video, but we posted the picture of that three circles diagram that he drew last week, so you can check out Facebook or Instagram and see that diagram. Um, today, I, wanna, I, I want those of us who are followers of Jesus to think about how we communicate the gospel with other people, okay? Uh, how we communicate the gospel with other people. And if you aren't a follower of Jesus yet, that's okay because uh, it's important for you to hear this as well. I really want you to stick, stick in there with us, hang in there with us because there are some things that we need to communicate about the gospel to you today. And so thank you for being here. We, we, you're in the right place you know, you, you, you may not really believe in God, but, but God believes in you. I firmly believe it. And so, uh, stick, stick around with us through this and, 
and uh, I know that you're going to get something out of it. And uh, so when we, when it comes to communicating the good news, the gospel, right? What do we say? What do we say? Knowing the answer to this question deep in our bones is one of our primary responsibilities as believers. So what do we say? Right? So I want you right now, I'm going to put you on the spot right now. I want you to take just like 30 seconds, maybe a minute, uh, and write down what you would say to me if I was someone in your life who was asking about the gospel for the first time. Maybe you want to write it down. Maybe you want to leave a comment. Maybe you want to share it with someone you're watching this feed with right now. Um, not, not everybody's with someone. So if you want to write it down or if you want to leave a comment, that's cool too. But take 30 seconds to a minute right now and just think about what you would say to me if I was coming to you asking about the gospel for the first time. Okay, go. I really should have planned some Jeopardy music right here. That would have been good. Okay, 10 seconds. Okay, so what did you say? What did you say? What was the central message? of the gospel that you shared with me? Uh, was it easy to find the words? What words did you end up using? Uh, my guess is that it centered around the middle school, uh, every middle school boy's answer in youth group. Uh, it centered around Jesus, right? Right? Every middle, that's every middle school boy's uh, answer to everything in youth group, Jesus. <laughs> and and uh, so my guess is it centered around Jesus, right? And, and how he died on the cross for our sins. And so we could be forgiven by God. Did I get that right? Is that the gospel you live by and teach to others? If that was the, if if that's what you shared, awesome! Like that's great. I'm so I'm so happy about that. Uh, uh, I think that's the answer that most of us would actually give, right? But but I want to ask you a potentially mind numbing question, and, and it's this: What was the central message of the gospel Jesus preached while he was on earth? What was the central message of the gospel 
that Jesus preached while he was on earth because Jesus went around sharing the good news all over. He sent his disciples out to share the good news um, in se- on several occasions. And, and uh, so, so let me ask my question again. Is the gospel you live by and teach the same gospel that Jesus taught while he was on earth? Think about that for a moment. Okay, let's dive into some scriptures to see what, uh, what Jesus had to say. Um, and let's just see if we notice any themes in these scriptures. So Matthew 6, I'm going to be jumping around a little bit. I really don't like to jump around and use um, a whole bunch of scriptures, uh, like one-off scriptures. I usually like to tell a story and use an extended scripture. But for today, for our purposes today, we're going to jump around a little bit. So we're going to start at Matthew 6, 31 through 33. Um, and it says this, Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But first... Uh, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Now, I want to jump to Mark 1, 14 and 15. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. All right, Luke 1. Let's, I mean, I'm sorry, Luke 8, 1. Let's say, let's, uh, let's read this, Luke 8, 1. Soon after he went on through cities and villages proclaiming And bringing the good news of what? Of the kingdom of God. And the 12 were with him. And just a little later in Luke, Luke 9, 1 and 2. And he called the 12 together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim what? The kingdom of God and to heal. The kingdom of God. John 3, 1 through 3 says this. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these things that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the, what? Kingdom of God, right? So let's, uh, let's, get, let's go further. So we've done all the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Let's do Acts 1, 3, um, Uh, So this is after Jesus's resurrection. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about what? The kingdom of God. 
And Paul, this isn't even, this isn't even Jesus, this is Paul. The, the last thing that's, that's written about Paul in Acts 28, 30, and 31, it says this, he lived, uh, this is talking about Paul in Rome, he lived there two whole years at his own expense and welcomed all who came in, proclaiming what? the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. So in all those scriptures, did you happen to notice a theme? I mean, I wasn't trying to make it obvious or anything, um, but I did. <laughs> um, did you notice that the central piece to Jesus's gospel is, is, is essentially this, the kingdom of God is at hand, is right now, it's here. The kingdom of God is at hand. Now, I'm not saying at all that the cross isn't an absolutely crucial peace to the gospel because it is without a shadow of a doubt. But Jesus spent more time talking to people about living in the kingdom of God than he did dying on a cross. I think, in fact, he only predicted his death to his disciples. So what is this thing that Jesus proclaims so boldly and thoroughly while he was on earth. What is this kingdom of God? Well, uh, Dallas Willard, let, let's just talk about what a kingdom is, right? Like, um, so Dallas Willard defines a kingdom as the range of my effective will. The range of my effective will. And that's kind of a wordy way to say what I say goes, in my kingdom. Like it, it means that what I will happens. I, it goes the way that I want it to go. Um, Tom Petty wrote this song, um, It's Good to Be King. And, uh, and the first few lines are so great. He said, it's good to be king and have your own way, have a feeling of peace at the end of the day, because all you wanted happened because you're the king, right? And, um, you know, uh, where in your kingdom, things go the way you want them to go. Like I talked about my car earlier. My car is, in, in, in my car, my will is the law, right? Like you follow my will in my car, right? And, and I, I've been in Ricardo's car too, and it's pretty much the same thing. Like, hey, don't, don't, don't be spilling any drinks in here, all right? So... Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, groups of people develop into their own kingdoms and, and, and the biggest one being the kingdom of earth. And I just want to ask you this question, right? Um, this, this is a question that I, I, I heard in, in one of the messages that I referenced and it really des resonated deeply with me. How are things going in the king kingdom of earth lately? Right? How, how is this kingdom going, right? Uh, have you noticed anything? The kingdom of earth is, is kind of broken. And it's kind of like a run-down kingdom. It's a place where 
disease is running rampant and where people are sold into slavery and in all sorts of different ways and where people of all ages are senselessly murdered. But the kingdom of heaven is where God, God's will is, is, is it, the, the way that everything happens, happens according to God's will. That's the, that's, that's the kingdom of God. That's the kingdom that Jesus is proclaiming is here and now. The kingdom of God is at hand. And, and I don't know what you think the kingdom of God looks like, but it's even better than you could imagine. It's full of unity, peace, hope, and love, and so much more, right? This is the kingdom that Jesus is proclaiming, right? This is the kingdom that he sent his disciples out to speak about and tell people, repent and believe because the kingdom of God is at hand, right? Sometimes, when we talk about sharing the gospel, sometimes when we talk about, you know, us believers, even people who have, have, have been uh, believers for a long time, like, I feel like we can make the gospel so transactional. So transactional. The thing we, it, it becomes the thing that we do to get into the good place and avoid the bad place, right? It's the thing that we do to, um, to be, be forgiven so that we can go to heaven, right? And I feel like lots of times when we communicate the gospel as, a, um, as uh, believers, I believe it sometimes it, it, it begins to kind of look like the game, like that, that old game telephone where someone like says something, you know, where into someone's ear and then they have to repeat it and then it goes down the line. And then usually at the, by the last or like the 10th or 12th person or whatever, the sentence is all jumbled up and, and it's not like it was before. I think sometimes... The gospel, when we share it, can be like that. Sometimes we've heard it said one way so many times, or, or we've heard it said, and then we took what was said and put it into our own words, and then it gets kind of jumbled up. And, and like the, um, I think sometimes when that happens, the gospel, the full scope of the gospel begins to get lost in the shuffle and it becomes transactional. And the thing that we do to get into the good place and avoid the bad place, right? And uh, it becomes more about the minimum requirements to, to go to the good place, to go to heaven. Like what is the minimal requirements that I have to do to get into heaven, right? But Jesus didn't do that at all. When he shared the gospel, it was more about life than death. It was more like, like when, when the gospel becomes transactional, it becomes about where you go when you die, right? But, but when Jesus spoke about the gospel, 
It was about where are you living now? Because the kingdom of God is at hand, right? And um, Jesus's gospel is that the kingdom of God is available here and now. That's, that's Jesus's gospel. Life in God's kingdom where God's will rules every aspect of our life, where we are in tune with God. And it's not because we have to or because it's a requirement. It's because we get to be in relationship with God, right? Because Jesus broke down the barrier between us and God so that we could access the kingdom here and now, right? Jesus, even this language is used even in the Lord's prayer when Jesus teaches his disciples to pray. What does he say? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. See what Jesus did, and I don't know if it's, Dallas Willard or John Ortenberger or Paul or I don't know who said this, but he said what Jesus did was he brought the up here down here with him. He brought the kingdom of God, right? And, and, it, and he continues to say it's at hand. And in that sense, the gospel is the greatest offer that has ever been given mankind. Because it's not just about being forgiven of our wrongs. It's about getting God. It's about being in relationship with God, the creator, the sustainer of the universe, right? It's about the one who breathed the breath of life into us. The one who spoke and create and, and like light appeared in the darkness. That's the kingdom we get to live in. And, and so Dallas says another thing that is really cool, and I'm just gonna straight up tell you the quote. He says, Eternity is in session right now. Eternity is in session right now. It's not something you will enter into someday. It's happening right now. And that is what Jesus preached when he spoke about the gospel. The kingdom of God is at hand, right? And so as the worship team comes, I, man, Jesus said, I will build my church, right? And that is something that I have gotten wrong so many times as a pastor. I, I think it's my job to build the church, to grow the church, to make it, um, you know, financially stable or to bring people in to the church. But, but Jesus said, I will build my church, right? 
And what did he tell us to do, his, his disciples, his followers, his students? He said, you make disciples. So I have to ask myself, the gospel that I live by, the gospel that I teach to others, what kind of disciples is that gospel making? Because our main goal as followers, the Great Commission, is to make other disciples followers of Jesus, right? But I feel like sometimes when we reduce the gospel from its full capacity, we just make spectators of Jesus rather than followers of Jesus. Followers being active, actively walking with Jesus, living in the kingdom of God, proclaiming the kingdom of God. And the way that we bring the kingdom of God to earth, it begins by the transformation of you and me. When we live in the kingdom of God, when we proclaim the kingdom of God, God's will, God's way, we bring the kingdom of God wherever we go. And it happens with you and with me. And when I first was posed this question, is the gospel that I preach the same gospel that Jesus preached? I honestly, you guys, I, I'm not even kidding. Like, I felt like a bucket of water, like cold water had just been dumped on me. Like I was so shaken. Had I reduced the gospel to merely a transaction? And it felt very overwhelming to me. It sincerely did. And I spent a lot of time thinking and reading and like studying and just like like almost repenting and just like lord i want i want to get it i want to get the full gospel i want all of you i i want you i don't want to just have the minimal requirements like i want you god and the Lord brought this passage to me. And so my immediate reaction, before I get to the passage, my immediate reaction to that was, oh, well, I have to do this and I have to do that and I have to uh, read my Bible for you know five hours a day and I have to spend time in prayer for four hours a day and I have to be the most knowledgeable about theology and I have to be able to share the gospel, you know, da 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 and, and the Lord like I was putting all this pressure on myself that Jesus wasn't putting on me. And the Lord brought me this scripture, Matthew 18, one through four. At the time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? See, that, that's, that's, what, that's what I was, that's what I was striving for 
not necessarily like saying out loud, like, oh, I want to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, but I want to be um, all, all, all in, you know, Lord, Lord I want to be um, I, whatever you require, I want to do it to the max and be like the best at it. And um, that's not what the disciples were necessarily asking in this scripture, but that's what I was thinking. And so who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And he called to him a child. He put him in the midst of them and said, truly, I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. See, what it looks like to begin to enter into kingdom living is it, is it means to be humble like a child. Coming and sitting on the father's lap, embracing, being embraced by the father. It's not about what you eat or drink. It's not about what you read. It's not about what you have done or haven't done. It's about whose kingdom are you living in. It's about, are you living in the kingdom of earth, making decisions based on the kingdom of earth? Or are you making your daily decisions according to God's will, God's way? I think I think it all begins there like a little child trying to absorb whatever your dad has. Trying to be more like in line with your dad's will. Humbling yourself and realizing you don't have all the answers. but dad does because he sees the whole grand scope of things. And you're not just like a little tiny dot in the grand scope. There's like a heart emoji over your head. <laughs> like dad loves you so much. So let's not just talk at length about death and grace because those things are vital. Absolutely, the death on the cross of Jesus and the resurrection, grace, all of that was, was vital, is vital. 
But the full gospel is that the kingdom of God is available now. It's at hand. And Jesus is the only way there. So I just want to invite you now, today, after maybe like right after this video while you guys are eating lunch or whatever, I invite you to discuss this. I invite you to dive into some of these scriptures that we've shared today. All of them should be connected to our sermon notes in the apps, in the app, the mission app. Um, and so you can go back, reread them, ask questions, never be afraid to ask questions. God isn't worried about your questions. He wants your questions. And if you doubt, bring that too. Because God is not afraid of your doubt. There's nothing you can say to God that is going to hurt his feelings. He already knows anyways. And he loves you just the same. So I just want to invite you into a discussion throughout this week about what we've talked about today, about the full gospel, the kingdom of God. I pray that this resonates deeply with you and that the message of this would carry out and touch everyone we meet. And at the moment, it really needs to just touch us deeply so that it needs to touch us deeply. It needs to touch our families deeply so that when all this quarantine lifts, all these stipulations and stuff, we have a tight grip and are living out the full gospel. Let's pray. Jesus, I give this message to you. I pray, Lord, that you used my words, that the words came from you and not me. Jesus, I pray, Lord, that... Um, I pray, Lord, that you would use this time, Father, as we continue this discussion throughout the week. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would use it. And I pray, God, that you would bring to the light questions that need to be asked. I pray, Lord, that, Father, that anything that was of me and not of you Lord, today would just fall off right now. It would fall on deaf ears. But I pray everything that was from you today, Lord, would sink deep. Lord, that would, would create change. Lord, that would move people into action. Father, we love you. And we're so grateful that you came.
Lord, we're so grateful for the cross and the resurrection and the message that you came to bring that the kingdom of God is at hand. Father, we love you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. So right now, what we want to do is uh, we want to pray over our our tithes and offering. And um, it's it's been a tough time for everyone financially, um, the church, but everybody in, you know, just in general, people losing their jobs, getting laid off, going on leave of absence, um, you know, and, but I pray that, I pray today that we would be a church that would give boldly and generously because Jesus um, is, uh, God is, is going to provide for us. He provides for the lilies of the field, the, the, the color of the lilies. He, he drapes the fields in, in, in splendor, right? And so how much more does your father love you? And so I pray that we would be a church that would give generously and that we would remember that it's not about building the church. What we do is about making disciples. And, and making disciples in our city and in the nations, in our families and in our schools and in the world to the ends of the earth. We want to thank you for all your support through this time, through for the support of Espor Los Niños, for the support of our missionaries in Spain, the support of Mission Elementary School. We have such great news about Espor Los Niños that my wife is going to share with you later on in the week. But right now, if you would uh, pull out your uh, mission app or go to our website and choose the online giving tab, we're going to pray over our offering right now. Father God, we ask you, Father, to take what we have and bless it, Father. We, we give to you what is already yours, and we ask you to send it out and make disciples in our city, our cities and the nations, Lord. Would you, would you increase your name with, with this offering, Lord? Would you, would you take it and use it and bless those who are hungry and lost, Father, broken, Lord? who need a drink from the water of life, I pray that you would use these offerings to build your kingdom here on the earth. Father, thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.